All right. Well, welcome to church tonight. We're glad you could come this afternoon. Obviously, you can tell I am not from here. So we'll go ahead and get that taken care of. But uh, it is great to be a part of Life Church here in Wisconsin. Um, Pastor Aaron and I have been friends for a long, long time. And uh, we've been here about a week and a day. So uh, we are brand new, trying to get adjusted the area. But I'm very excited about coming to preach uh, this afternoon and opportunity to preach tomorrow. Um, I want to tell you a little about my family. Um, we are from northwest Arkansas, a town called Springdale. And I have four daughters. Uh, they are, one uh, is not here. She is married, and uh, she's been married a little over a year. I'll talk more about her in just a moment. Uh, but they are a part of a ministry there in Fayetteville, uh, or Springdale, rather. They are student pastors, so uh, her and her husband, David. And then my daughter, Abby, which is a ni ni she's 19, and she's going to college to get her nursing degree. Then I have Riley. She's actually working back in early elementary today. She's jumping right in to being a part of the church, uh, working back there uh, with one of the classes. And then we have Zoe, which uh, she's six. So uh, she's back in uh, kids' church possibly today, just doing a great job. And she's really enjoying being a part here. My wife, Shannon, of uh, 24 years. We've been married 24 years and getting ready to celebrate 25 next year, which is an awesome opportunity just to say, hey, I'm glad I'm able to share life with her and ministry with her. But uh, today I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the title of the message is I Am Fathered. And it's a continuation of I Am His, our series we've been doing here at Life Church. Um, funny thing about starting and being a parent, being a father, our oldest daughter, Kaylee, uh, I was finishing up my college degree at the University of Arkansas, coaching and teaching. Uh, and uh, I was working as a youth pastor at the time. Uh, I'd been there all Saturday. I'd taken a group of students to uh, a water park, and we'd been there all day, uh, sunburned, tired. My wife obviously didn't go because it was getting close to uh, Kaylee being born. And uh, I'd come home around 11 o'clock that night, and she said, you know what? I've been having contractions all day. I'm like, oh, boy. You know, never been a father before. I'm like, okay, so what should we do? She said, well, I think we need to go to see the doctor. I'm like, okay. So we went to the hospital. Dr. Brown, our doctor at the time, said, you know what? I think we need to keep you. I was like, okay, great. I am sunburned. I smell like, uh, you know, sunscreen, you know. So I said, okay, do I have enough time to go home and, and just get some stuff? He said, yeah, you got plenty of time, no rush. Trying to condense this story down, we get admitted into the hospital. Uh, funny thing about there being the only people there at the time, uh, there was this Hispanic lady in the other room, and obviously by the sounds and the screams, the blood-curdling screams, uh, she was about ready to give birth to her child. So I, can, I looked at my wife, and her eyes were about as big around as saucers, and she's like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm sorry, breathe. What are you, you know, I have no idea. And I'm just like, it'll be okay. But I can just remember just a few of those things at that moment. Well, we're trying to press the story down. It comes to the fact that, you know, uh, things were just progressing like they needed to. So they, Dr. Brown said, you know what, we're just going to go ahead, go ahead and have an emergency cesarean. So that happened. Riley, uh, Kaylee was born, and uh, everything was 24 hours later, if I'm right, Shan. That's, that's a, it was a long process. Uh, she was exhausted. She was tired. Obviously, uh, I was there. We were all tired. My parents were there. Her parents were there. Uh, they, my parents left that night to go back home, and I can remember my mom saying, she said, you know, 
Kaylee looks like she's breathing a little bit funny. I'm like, Mom, I have no idea. I'm, you know, I'm not the doctor. They haven't said anything different, so we didn't say much more about it. They left at home, and we, you know, it didn't take me five minutes. I was asleep. Crash, went to bed. They came in at a point in time, some in the middle of the night, and said, hey, you know, we're having a little difficulty with the breathing, but everything's okay. I'm like, okay, you know, and Shannon, she can't get out of the bed because she just had surgery, and so I just fell back right out of sleep. The next time they came in, she had to scream at me to wake me up and said, we're really having some difficulty, and uh, we need you to come in here. When I walked in to that room, Kaylee's arms and legs were blue, and they had the bag over her, and they were giving her air that way. Now, can you imagine being a 20, a early 20s, a dad looking at her, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? What's going on? Shannon can't come in there. Long story short, they had to air flight her to Little Rock to our children's hospital. In that process, our pediatrician, he came to our pastor at the time and said, you guys need to pray because this is not looking good. Uh, after the fact, we realized that they gave her about a 10% chance of living. And they gave her even a smaller chance when we were on the air flight. I didn't get to fly there. We didn't, I had to be uh, taken by a car. It was four hours there. And I can remember making the statement to my pastor at the time. He said, you know, pastor, if God spares her life, I'm going to serve him. But if he doesn't, then I'm still going to serve him. And it was at that moment of realizing that as a father, you've got to give your kids to God. In every situation, you've got to trust him on how you live your life with your kids. So I've uh, got a couple of pictures I want to show you. That was Kaylee when she was at Children's Hospital. And this is a re- well, pretty recent picture of her now. And uh, then I've got one more picture to show. She recently, last uh, June, got married, been married a little over a year. And what an awesome time to celebrate that with her and her husband, David. And it was just a great opportunity to, to celebrate her life. Because I can remember the moment there might not have been that. Those pictures, besides the first one, may have been the only picture I had. So today, looking at being, or the, the title, I Am Father, I want you to look at Ephesians chapter number 6 verses 1 through 4. And I want to read these to you today. And I'm hoping that if we've got some Life Church kids or students in here this this evening, I want you to pay close attention to some of these verses. But if you're an an adult in here and you have kids, or maybe you're an adult and your kids are already out of the house, these still pertain to you and to me today. So let's read these if we can. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, today I thank you that we have the opportunity to grow from your word. I pray that it quicken our heart, it draws to you, help us to take these verses and apply them how we live life. Amen. So, you know, today in my prayers that we understand the ultimate love of our Father, how He gave us direction, how to live life with a promise. So, if you're a student, part of Life Church Youth on Wednesdays, I have a question for you. How many of you like to be right? 
Now, you're not going to get in trouble if you answer, raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I want to be right. Or maybe you're an adult and you say, you know, I like being right. But I'm specifically talking to students right now because I think this first verse really pertains to you. I like being right. So basically you're saying, uh, how many of you feel that your parents don't have a clue how life really happens? Now, you can be honest. You're not going to get in trouble. You can raise it. You know what? My parents don't have a clue. You know, they were back in 19-whatever. This is the 20th, 21st century. They don't have a clue what's going on. I get it. So you're saying right now basically that you're right and your parents are wrong. Now, you may never tell them that, but that's kind of what you're thinking. But I want to read the Scripture verse again. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3.20 says, in the Lord, or this is right. It, this pleases the Lord. It simply says, obey your parents for this is right. It doesn't mean, it doesn't say because your parents are right. It doesn't say that you're right. It just says it's the right thing to do. Now, I realize students, you're here and say, you know, your parents say, go make your bed. Why do I need to make my bed? I'm just going to get back in it later. Okay, you know, okay, go do your homework. Why do I need to do my homework? They're going to give me more tomorrow. Or, you know, go take the trash out. Is it going to run away? I mean, you're, you're thinking, all these, it's not the point of who's right or who's wrong. It's the point of doing the right thing. And that's the concept of what this verse is trying to show us. It simply says, obey your parents for this is right. So the first thing you remember today is this. I am right when I obey. I am right when I obey. Students, if you're a Christ follower, your main desire should be to please the Lord. All of us in this room today, our main goal, our main desire in living life is not to please ourselves, not even to please other people, even our family. Our ultimate desire is to please the Lord, to please him with how we live our life. Well, you say, well, Pastor Steve, how do I obey my parents? Well, the answer is in that verse, in the Lord. Pastor Dustin spoke last week concerning husbands and wives and their relationship and how they're supposed to trust each other. And it kind of goes along with this same verse we're looking at chapter 6 in Ephesians right now. It's simply saying, how do I do that? How do, how do I trust my parents? It's basically this. As you draw closer to God, as you draw closer in your relationship with God, you have an, an understanding that I can trust God even more. I can trust my parents because I'm following God. I'm doing the things he's called me and asked me to do. You know, the Word of God says that the Bible, the Bible, God's Word is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our pathway. I'm not going to read it for time's sake because obviously we don't have enough time to be able to do that. But tonight when you go home and before you go to sleep, I want to encourage you to read Genesis chapter 22. It's talking about Abraham and his son Isaac. And if you don't know that story, basically Abraham and his, and his wife Sarah, they were grandparent age. They weren't grandparents because they had no children. Now, can you imagine an adult in this room, your mom or your dad walking up to you and say, guess what? Your mom and I, we're going to have a baby. Now, just think about that. They're in their 70s, they're in their 80s. Well, let's go to these guys. They're in their 90s and 100s, and they walk up to you. I know if my mom walked up to me and said, hey, Steve, guess what? Your dad's not going to have a baby. I'm going to pick me up first off the floor. But this story is about Abraham and Isaac and about their life and how that 
he obeyed God in this circumstance and situation because Abraham was told by God, look, you take Isaac and you're going to sacrifice him to me. Now, if you were a student in here, you're like, I don't think so. That's not going to happen. Some Bible scholars think that Isaac was a young adult. So he's like maybe in his 20s or his, his, his late teens. And he's like, what are you saying, dad? Then all of that, he obeyed him. He did what he was supposed to do. What a great example of ultimate obedience. How, Pastor Steve, how can I obey my parents? A very familiar scripture, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Paul knew how to enjoy life no matter the situation. Paul had an awesome relationship with Christ. You as a student in this room today, I want you to understand, if you want to obey your parents, you're going to have to have that strength through your relationship with Jesus. It's only going to happen through that. It's not going to be done your own willpower. You're going to need God to help you to be able to do that. The greater your walk with Christ, the greater the ability you will have in doing what is right concerning your parents. Pastor Nate, our student pastor, Wednesday, they came back in the office and just been back from their missions trip and uh, jet lag, whatever. He was giving hugs to everybody. I've not known the guy very long at all. I met him a few weeks ago or a few months ago, and he's giving hugs to everyone. Why? Because I believe that the joy of God in his life is so great that he's got to express that. So he was hugging everyone. It was incredible. As a follower of Christ, we understand that being obedient is the right thing to do so we can embrace this responsibility, this next statement, that honor is my priority. Look at verse number 2 again in Ephesians 6. It says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now, I love looking at definitions of words because I believe it helps us have a greater understanding of what that word means. So I look at what the word honor means is defined by, and it says, high respect, esteem, regard, great respect. Honoring our parents isn't just an age-appropriate thing. Well, when I uh, graduate high school, I don't have to honor my parents anymore. When I graduate college, I don't have to honor my parents anymore. Or maybe when I move out, I don't have to honor my parents. Or when I get married and have children, and I become maybe a, a, a grandparent of myself, I, mean, I, I don't have to honor my parents. It doesn't stop with your age. It doesn't stop with your situation in life. Honoring your parents is a lifelong journey. It's lifelong. The Bible never said we only honor our parents when we're treated like a prince or a princess. Now, if I was to ask the question, has there been a moment or a time in your life where maybe your parent just really didn't treat you like you thought you should be treated? Maybe honestly, they were wrong and you were right, and it doesn't make a difference. Honoring your parent, regardless of how you may feel towards them, doesn't matter. You, me, we honor because that's what the Word of God, God Himself, has called us to do. Honoring our parents, no matter what. Why? Because it pleases the Lord. Honoring our parents. It's an ongoing priority based on our commitment as a follower of Christ. Remember, Isaac was going to honor Abraham regardless of the outcome on the mountain. He was tied up, bound, laid on top of the altar. Abraham grabbed. He was getting ready to 
put basically the knife into Isaac's body and God said, stop, I provided for you a sacrifice. And there was a ram, a lamb that was uh, tangled up in thorns. He was willing to do that. Are we willing to go through the extreme in our life as a follower of Christ to say, you know what? No matter what may have happened in my relationship with my parents, I'm still going to honor them because that's what God's called me to do. It's a difficult thing. Do you really think that Isaac wanted to die? Or even greater example is Christ. Based on his prayer with his father in the Garden of Gethsemane, Christ didn't want to endure the pain of the cross. If you've read that story before, Christ said, you know what? If there's any way that this cup or any way this situation, God can be taken from me, then do that. But not, your, not my will, but your will. Ultimately, what he was saying, God, I'm going to honor you no matter what it takes out of my life. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to follow what you've called me to do. If we are a Christ follower, we must do the same and believe that God has a promise for us when we do. If you truly trust Jesus, if you truly trust God in a situation like, I don't know the outcome. I don't understand this. Why should I have to honor my parents? They've been cruel to me. They've said mean things to me. Things have happened. It doesn't go past that. It stops with what the word says, honor them. Honor them so that you may have a long life and enjoy it. That's what the promise is. When we honor our parents, we gain the understanding that joy is for me. How many like to be happy? Be honest. You can raise your hand. It's okay. Now, look at somebody beside you and say, you look great. Come on, just say it to them. You're like, and somebody, uh, you're lying. You're not saying the truth, whatever. I want you to understand that, that Christ, when, when God put these scriptures together, that it was for the understanding that we could enjoy life. Look at verse number three. That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. By definition, enjoy is to experience with joy. Joy, a feeling of great pleasure, happiness, delight, elation, bliss. God's promise is that our life will be long and enjoyable as we honor our parents in this life. But I want you to be very, I want to be very clear on this today. Satan does not want that to happen for your life. A scripture, John 10:10, 10, 10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Christ said, I've come to give life and that to the full. He wants your life to be full. He wants your relationship with your parents and with your family to be full. He doesn't, he doesn't want it to be destroyed. He doesn't want it to be stolen. He doesn't want it to be devastated. He wants your life with your family, with your parents, to have joy in the middle of it. Christ is the foundation to allow that not... He, he's a foundation to allow that to happen. He's also the foundation, maybe if that relationship has been severed, maybe if that relationship with your parents are not, it's not very good, he can restore that today. He can do that in your life for you if you allow him to. God wants all of us to have a long life on this planet and he wants it to go well and enjoy it. He wants you to have joy in the journey that you're living with your family. Giving honor and being an example of honor to others is the recipe for that to happen. You know, people are always evaluating you. They're always looking at your life. I'll remind my kids so many times, you know, the way you live your life, other people are watching. 
So always be reminded about that. How about that we reverse that situation? Say, you know what? I'm going to live an example of how to honor my family in front of my friends. I'm going to show them despite maybe a situation, or maybe the situation's great and your relationship with your parents are awesome, but you're going to show that in front of your family, other people, that they can say, you know what? If they can live that life, if they can honor their family, their parent, if they can obey as a student, can obey their parents, you know what? Maybe I can too. As, a relation, as our relationship with Christ is growing, our understanding of being a parent for our children matures so we can live by this statement. The last thing I want to remind you about today or tell you about today is this. My kids, my heartbeat. Look at verse number four. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Exasperate means to irritate intensely, annoy, provoke, antagonize. Parents, I realize that there are moments in your life where you want to say you want to kill your kids and tell God they died. I get it. Okay, I've been there. I understand. Maybe you're there and said, you know, what are the point that you're, maybe you're talking to one of your kids and said, why do you think it was good to cut your sister's hair? Or, you know, did you really think you could breathe better with the jelly bean shoved up your nose? Or maybe did you, did you think that your, the toilet would work better when you put the firecracker in there? Or it could be, you know what time curfew is. Are you having an issue with telling time? You know, the, the issue, the, the thoughts could go on and on about the different scenarios that you've had to deal with your own kids. God wants all families to succeed. So how can that happen for my family? You're asking that question. Well, Pastor Steve, how can that happen? If God wants my heartbeat to be for my kids, how can I do that? Luke 1.17, it talks about this. I'm just going to read this to you. It says, The heart of the earthly father, the parent, must be turned toward the heart of the child in order for the heart of the child to be turned toward our heavenly father and his son, Jesus Christ. If you want your kids, if you still have, even if your kids are out of the home and they have lives of their own, if you want them to follow Jesus, turn your heart towards them. There's a couple different things I want to talk about concerning that, to kind of give you an idea of maybe what God is trying to say to us today. One conclusion is this. First, by being an example. By being an example. Throw this picture up if you guys have that. You know, speak no evil, see no evil, hear no evil. The three wise monkeys. We've seen that time and time again. You've talked about that. So I want to talk about that a little bit right now, about that point that we can look about our life, Okay. So conclusion number one is this. They need the example in what we listen to. Who or what influences us will ultimately influence our children. No matter how old or young your child may be. Because they see you. They see you in, your, in their life. The primary example person or the influencer in your child's life is still you as a parent. Do you realize that? Statistically, you are still the main influence in your child's life. Why? Because God ordained that. He desires for that to take place. So you look at this, what, I'm, what am I listening to? Maybe it's, how, am I, how do I speak? If you don't want your children to speak a certain way, make sure you are speaking what you want them to hear. 
Do you speak the same way when you're at church and around your Christian friends as you do when you're at work? Or when you do, you're at home? Something to think about. Maybe what you watch. If you're watching something that you don't want your own children watching, should you, should you really be watching it? Boy, you're really quiet right now. The old saying, do as I say, not as I do, really doesn't imply anymore. I can remember the commercial years ago. Young man, his dad walks in and he's got this little box and basically there's drugs in there. And he said, son, where did you learn how to do this? And the kids all of a sudden, he just screams out, dad, I learned it from you. And then the commercial ends. Some of you may have seen that. But it speaks volumes about the example of a parent towards a student, towards a child, no matter what that age may be. Conclusion number two of how do I turn my heart towards my child is this. You, myself, we need to be engaged with influence in our kids' lives. Because it says, you know, verse number four again, that we, you know, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We want to do the right things, but they want to follow Christ. So conclusion number two says this, physically spend time with them, just hanging out or doing something together. If you fail to plan, then your plan is going to fail. Have a game plan about how you want to spend time with your kids. Don't let your job or other things come in front of that relationship that you need to have with them. Second thing with this would be, would be emotionally. You know their strengths and weaknesses. Work with them. Pray with them. If they're struggling with something, my desire is that they're the first person that they come to is you as their parent because they trust you, because they know that you can pray with them, you can spend time with them, you can help them. Spiritually, engage in four areas. This is something I challenge my own family, I challenge other people. There's four areas that I want to challenge you with today is this. Spend time in the Word of God. 24 minutes, 1.67% of your day. I want to challenge you to spend time in God's Word. Take one chapter, read it. Comprehend it. Let it speak to your life. Second thing is this. Spend time in prayer. Spend time talking to God. Pastor Steve, I don't really know how to pray very well. You know what? You talk to your friends, you talk to them on the phone, talk to God the same way. It doesn't make a difference. He can understand you. Speak to him. Talk to him. Let him speak to your life. Third thing would be Christian fellowship. We, as followers of Christ, need to be hanging around other people that they can help us in our faith. Jenny Mayo, a lady that has been in youth ministry for decades, made this statement years ago. She said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And that is truth. The people that you hang around influence your life. Make sure who your kids are hanging around are the right kind of people. Last thing is this. Tell others about Christ. Where you work, in your community, in your neighborhood. Let other people know that Christ leads my life. If we want our children to be lifelong followers, we must make a conscious effort daily to lead in our example and engage in life with them. You know, at this moment, each of us have an opportunity to allow God's word to change how we're living or enhance how we're living 
based on what Ephesians 6 is talking to us about today. It's amazing how God inspired the word to flow through Ephesians. When we follow this pattern in our family, the cycle can be modeled for generations. I'm not living for Jesus just for myself or for my kids. I'm living for future generations. You as a parent, you as a grandparent, you as a student in this room today, live your life in such a way that you're modeling for the next generation. That they say, you know what? I can obey. I can honor. I can enjoy life like God intended. And I can let my heart be for my children. I can do those things. I look at triangle. When, I, when I've done premarital counseling, I use this as an example. And we can use this as an example right now as, as a parent to a student. I look at the, the triangle. And I've got a, maybe a student over here and a parent over here. And as we're growing in our relationship with God and we move up because we're connected here as family. But as we move up towards God, we are getting closer to each other. If you want to engage in your student's life, if you want to have a different relationship with your family, whether you're an adult in this room with your parent, then I want to encourage you to get closer to God and let him help you through that process. It's amazing how God inspired the word to do that. Students, maybe it's time to allow God to help you obey your parents so that you'll always be right. Student or adult, maybe honor toward your parents is a challenge because of past history. Use Philippians 4, 13. I can do everything through Christ, through him who gives me strength. Not only to help you students obey, but also an adult to forgive and to honor. You know, Pastor Steve, I want to enjoy my life with my family. God, show me how to honor and be an example of honor so that would happen. God does not want you to live life miserable. He doesn't want you to have a miserable relationship with your family. He wants you to enjoy it. I want a heartbeat for my kids that honors God's word and helps my kids be a lifelong follower of Christ. Would you bow your heads as we pray today? Father, this evening, I'm thankful that your word is truth. It's not just Maybe something that we can think about living by, but if we follow it the way you've designed it to be followed, we can be what you desire for us to be. So today, students obeying their parents, God, give them the strength to do that. Maybe there's adults in this room today that are saying, you know what, Pastor Steve, you're right. That relationship with my parents, it's not good. Maybe I haven't spoken to them in months or years, and maybe it's time today that I, I, I reconnect that I, I get past the, the hurt and the pain. And I said, you know what, God, I want to connect with them because I want to honor them because you've called me to honor them today. Maybe it's, I want to enjoy life, Pastor Steve. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of not having joy in with my family. And last is, Pastor Steve, I want my heartbeat to be for my kids, not for my job, not for the things I enjoy doing, not for this, not for money or for material, uh, material objects, but I want my kids to be my heartbeat. Lord, today, I pray that you would allow that to happen in the hearts and lives of these believers. In Jesus' name, amen.